We are back. We are back. And we have a good one for you guys today. Um, you know, NBA playoffs going on. NHL Daniel. playoffs. We haven't really been following that as closely. Yeah, Alan, what's up? Daniel. Alan, what's up? Can we do this? Can we, like, talk later? We just had, like, the best interview did ever. We? we did? We just had such a good interview. Let's play it for him right Let's play it right now. Play it. Roll it. Right roll now. It. Roll it. See you guys soon. See ya. We now welcome to the pod Connor Eterno. He is a beat writer for the San Francisco Chronicle covering the Golden State Warriors. We are psyched to have Connor here on the pod today, especially now that it's uh, the the NBA playoffs, you know, Warriors Rockets tonight. Uh, welcome, Connor. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Our pleasure, our pleasure. Thank you for coming on, Connor. So one of the most commonly debated topics with the Warriors is who the best player is on the team. But before we get to that, we want to ask a more important question in our opinion. Who, in your opinion, is the biggest personality on the team? JaVale, Nick Young, who do you got? Oh, man, that's a tough one. Uh, the biggest personality would probably be Draymond Green. I mean, he's, Ooh. he's the most loquacious player I've ever, I've ever covered. Um, he, he will answer anything, give you his opinion, and not hold back. And uh, he's, he's, he's definitely – he definitely helps keep the beat interesting for sure. Yeah, I would imagine. I mean, like, you see him on the court first minute of game one – Almost, like, almost get thrown out <laughs> and you know I, I can only imagine what he's like behind closed doors yeah. no he he's a he's a fun one I mean I've had plenty of animated off the record conversations with him the past couple of years since I've been on the beat and um you know I just appreciate that he's he's genuine to who he is and uh at at his core he's just a fiery competitor which is really why he has been able to carve out a great career and why I think he's probably going to be a future hall of famer. This is a guy who's not the most athletic guy in the world, but you know, he's a competitor unlike anyone I've been around. Yeah. Last week uh, on our podcast, we had a really interesting conversation about how many future hall of famers are on the warriors. And uh, in your opinion, how many do you think there could be? Cause I think there's various ways you could look at it. Um, barring anything, completely unforeseen, you know, barring, you know, a career ending injury to one of those guys in the near future. I would think there's at least, I honestly think that there's four guys who are definite hall of famers. Um, you know, Draymond, Steph, KD, and Clay Thompson, in my mind, are all hall of famers. Um, if you just look at what they've meant to a team that's probably going to end up going down as, as one of the great NBA dynasties, um, obviously Steph is probably the greatest shooter ever. You can make the argument that, uh, Clay Thompson is the second best shooter ever. Um, and then Draymond is kind of a Dennis Rodman type. I think he kind of fills a similar role on this team that Dennis Rodman fit filled on, uh, the bulls. And obviously Dennis Rodman's in the hall of fame. And I actually think Draymond's a lot more skilled than Dennis Rodman. Rodman was just kind of a rebounder, whereas Draymond can facilitate, he can score a little bit. Um, he's obviously a defensive player of the year caliber defender. Um, and then KD is one of the greatest scorers ever. So he's definitely a Hall of Famer. The question is, is Andre Guadala a Hall of Famer? Um, I actually did a short post on that like a week ago because pregame Steve Kerr was asked something about Andre and went out of his way to call him a Hall of Famer. And it, it kind of created some waves on social media because a lot of people were like, what? Why would Steve say that? Andre's not a Hall of Famer. But if you actually look at if you look at it, he has a he has a case. I mean, he yes, he's only been an all-star once. He's never been an all NBA. But um, in some of the more advanced analytics, if you take a deeper dive into that stuff, he he has a case. He he's a former finals uh, MVP. He's an essential he's one of the most essential role players, I think, in NBA history, uh, obviously key to what the Warriors do. So I think he actually has a case. So that, to me, is the question. Do they have five or four, mm -hmm. and is Andre the fifth? 
Right. And, and I think um, one of the more interesting things about the five guys you were discussing is there's been a switch in names. When did they switch to the Hamptons five? I always remember them being the lineup of death. Well, they they switched to the Hamptons five when they when they added uh, when they added Kevin Durant, uh, Tim Kawakami, who's a friend of mine, who's a sports columnist, was with the Bay Area News Group and now is with the Athletic. He's really into writing about lineups and rotations. And when they added Durant, he started floating out the Hamptons five nickname, uh, which is a play off the fact that all four of those other guys went to the Hamptons to pitch Durant on joining them in free agency in July, 2016. Mm -hmm. So that's why they call it Hamptons five. They didn't want to keep calling it the death lineup because it's different. It's not the same lineup as the year, the years before where you had Harrison Barnes, uh, you know, instead of KD. So uh, it's a different lineup. So they wanted a different name. So, you know, we're, we are game two tonight of uh, the Western Conference Finals. What do you think the Warriors can look to improve on from game one where they, they had a pretty dominating win against the Rockets, but Harden did have over 40 points? What do you think they can do to try to slow Harden down def- um, defensively? And what can they do to maybe get Steph going a little more from behind the arc? Yeah, I actually don't think they're too worried about changing their defensive game plan on Harden. The thing about Harden is he's, you know, one of the best scorers in the league, probably going to be the MVP. Um, They actually did a decent job defensively on him in that game. If you go back and watch Mm -hmm. the film, you know, the the Rockets were attacking Curry and Kevon Looney over and over in pick and roll situations, putting them on an island. And I actually thought that Curry and Kevon did did a solid job. They made life difficult on Harden. They were making him take tough shot after tough shot. It's just Harden is one of the best scorers in the world and yeah. making a right. ton of impossible shots. So I don't think the Warriors are too upset about that. I mean, the fact that the Rockets lost by 13 points and James Harden had 41 points does not bode well for them. Right. Um, and so I think the Warriors are, understand that Harden's going to get his points. It's a matter of, you know, taking other guys out of the game. What, what the Warriors did a really nice job of was making guys like P.J. Tucker, Luke Mbamute, Gerald Green, Ryan Anderson, guys who are kind of complementary options who are really key to getting their offense going, didn't really do anything in game one. And I think that was actually really key. And I think that uh, the one of the Rockets' main problems, and I'm a Cavs fan, and I think the Cavs have a very similar problem where even though their best players, either LeBron, Harden, Paul, are playing really good basketball, they're not doing it within the flow of an offense necessarily, which, and, and they're not trusting their system. And I think for like, the Rockets to have a chance against a legendary Warriors team, they're going to need to do just that. Yeah, but you also have to keep in mind, like, the, the Rockets can't, they can't overhaul their approach mid-playoffs. I mean, they won 65 mm-hmm. games with, with this offense. They're, they're, they've had a lot of success. They're not going to, you know, change what they do, uh, you know, mid-series. At the end of the day, this is a team that runs a lot of, a lot of isolation, you know, runs pick and rolls probably 90, 95% of the time. And that's worked for them. And so you can't stop doing that just because you lost game one to the Warriors. So that's right. that's been a big talking point the past couple of days is, you know, a lot of people are saying, oh, you need to get more movement in your offense. Well, hey, you know, this worked against the Warriors in the regular season. It worked against pretty much everyone else. So they just have to try to do what they do well and hope that it works out. Yeah, I, I mean – I mean, Houston's like been like a model of efficiency or like what an offense could be at peak efficiency. Like, I, I definitely agree that there's no reason to switch it up. There's no reason to hit the panic button right now, yeah, especially and, against the Warriors. Yeah. And the reality is, I mean, they're facing an unbelievably daunting situation in that they're not just facing the Warriors. They're facing a Warriors team that has spent the entire season preparing for this moment. 
I mean, they, they pretty much sleepwalked through a lot of the regular season, and then they took it to another level in the first round, another level in the second round, and now they're finally at the stage of the season that they've been waiting for, and they're go they're playing their best basketball. And when you're when the Warriors are playing the way they're capable of playing. It's hard for anyone to stick with them. I mean, they, they, at the end of the day, they're just the most talented team in the league. Mm-hmm. And the one surprising thing about the Warriors, or to me it's surprising at least, but they have the talent. They have the offensive firepower. But how? what goes on in the locker room that they are able to bring this defensive intensity, this commitment to passing, the – um, emphasis on team basketball because I think that's really unique for a team like the Warriors with so many big personalities or big talent, big names. I think a lot of it starts with Steve Kerr. Um, Steve, you know, when he came in in 2014, really overhauled their offense. You know, introduced a lot, a lot more, uh, you know, principles from the triangle, triangle offense that he ran back in the day with the Bulls under Phil Jackson. Um, a lot, a lot, a lot of motion, moving, moving away, moving off the ball, and that kind of thing. Um, and Steve has kind of, you know, fostered a locker room environment that is all about, you know, team being there for for each other. Not, you know, understanding that if everyone plays their role, you can experience phenomenal team success and individual glory will come with that and I think it helps a lot that you know the face of the franchise kind of the tone setter for everything is Steph Curry who in my mind is probably the most most selfless superstar in the game and they go out and they get Durant who's also very selfless in his own right and they're you know they can pass the ball and that sort of thing so it's kind of just a perfect marriage and uh, it's been it's been the biggest reason why they've been able to have such success the past four years. So, you, you, so uh, you mentioned how how um, you know this team is so unselfish. But game one, Kevin Durant really flipped the switch, where he kind of just was like, "Give me the ball, I'm going to score." So, with that being said, who do you think is the most important player on the team? And you know, there's been the discussion with Draymond Green, maybe in. Like the year where, MV, where where Steph won the MVPs, maybe he was the most important player on the team, the MVP of the Warriors, while Steph was the MVP of the league. What what are your thoughts on that? You know, that's always that's obviously a question people love to talk about, um, and it's a it's a tough one because everyone brings such different things to the table, and everything they bring is so important in, in their own right. But if I had to say who I think is the most important player to this team, I'd have to go with Draymond Green. Mm-hmm. And I say that because he is really the the emotional leader. He is the heart and soul of this team. This team is loaded with pretty mild-mannered personalities. Guys like Curry, Clay Thompson, Durant, all those guys are pretty laid-back, nice dudes. And Draymond is the competitive fire that gets them all going. I think the biggest difference we've seen in these playoffs is Draymond – saw that the postseason is here and just has turned it, you know, turned his energy level up to 11. And everyone's kind of gone, gone on that ride with him, gone on that journey with him. When he is all, of the, all over the floor defensively and wreaking havoc and yelling at guys and jawing with officials and all that, it gets everyone else going. And so uh, I think he's – I think he's probably – got to be the most important player just because he's the heart and soul of what they do. And you were saying that uh, Draymond is a big off the court personality. Is there like a cool story that you have with Draymond or any of the other star players that gives us a little behind the scenes look into the Warriors? Oh man. Uh, (laughs) And there's a lot (laughs) Um, because you know, I'm on the road with these guys every game, uh, every practice, every shoot around. Um, trying to trying to think of something that's kind of recent, but you know, Draymond's the type of guy who, you know, will uh, will will have a lot of uh, back and forth with media on and off camera. You know, like if he 
if he sees you wearing something into the locker room that he thinks is kind of whack, like he'll he'll tell you, like <laughs> Connor, what what are those shoes? <laughs> those are lame as hell. Like, you know that kind of stuff. Um, which I don't take offense to. That's just who Draymond is. He has. You know he he says what's on his mind, and that's what he's all about. Yeah, yeah. And and speaking of wardrobe, how does Mike Brown do it every game? Having another awesome <laughs> suit. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Brown is uh Mike Brown is um a really fascinating guy. He's uh he's kind of he's got a little bit of OCD, uh, and he he's obsessed with you know looking right and looking presentable. He actually dry cleans his shirts before every game and then after picking them wow. up from the dry cleaner will iron them <laughs> in the locker room after he picks them up from the dry cleaner and he matches <laughs> he 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 matches his glasses with his suits so he has he has dozens of pairs of glasses that he matches with what? really nice designer sh- suits um <laughs> He used to have a contract actually with Oakley, I think, when he was the uh, when he was the coach of the Cavs. I'm not sure if he still has that contract, but he uh, he he's definitely very uh, fastidious. Wow, that's impressive. Um, so kind of pivoting a little bit, if you were if you were like starting a franchise today, for the and and you had a, the number you had a the top a pick of any player in the league or maybe a prospect. Who would you choose to have like in, in five years to be able to be a power in the league? We're talking current ages. Current ages for the next five years. Not like you can choose like LeBron in 2003. Right. We have a five year, uh, let's say. Right. You have five years to make it to, to become like a, a superpower. Who are I you building around? Giannis, mm-hmm. the Greek freak. I mean, he's, Interesting. he's what, 22 now? I think something like that. 22 and yeah. he physically is one of the most gifted people I've ever seen. I think he is definitely a hall of fame talent. And I think it's only a matter of time before he wins an MVP. Um, so I would go with Giannis. My, my number two pick would probably be Anthony Davis. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just so skilled. He's still pretty young. Um, he's another guy who's going to be an MVP someday. And uh, so those are those would probably be my top two picks. And would you say uh, I think we've all seen the uh, first game of zones from Bleacher Report? Would you say (laughs) that Patrick McCaw has that role on the team, like more of a messenger type of guy? (laughs) Um, It's been a while since I've seen that. Yeah, is not a big talker actually at all. Um, He's very quiet, so I'm not. I don't think that they got that in depth with it where they were being super accurate with the personality profiles of all the guys. Um, no, Makah's uh, Makah almost never speaks really, uh, really, really nice guy, but, uh, you know, and I wish him the best. Obviously he's still, he's still out right now and probably won't play in the rest of the playoffs, but I think he'll be okay long-term. Oh, good. Good. Yeah. We, we were worried about him a little bit. That was, that was a, not a good sight. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's crunch time. We're almost in June. Who, what are your picks? You know, for the finals and how many games? Who's going to be there? What's going down? Uh, well, you know, I mean, if we, if you had asked me a few days ago, I would have picked Cleveland, but they're down 0-2 now. Um, and I will never underestimate LeBron, so I don't think that they're out of it. I think it's very possible that Cleveland wins both in Cleveland. And this could go maybe seven games, and and the Cavs pull it out. But just because they're just because they're down 0-2, and I think the the Celtics have the best coach in the game, and Brad Stevens, mm-hmm. I'm gonna say that I'm just gonna say the Celtics pull that out and uh, face the Warriors in the finals. And to be honest, this this series against the Rockets has kind of felt like the real finals to me because, yeah. in my mind, whoever makes it out of this series is going to win the finals because I just don't see the Cavs or the Celtics really pushing either team. I mean, the Celtics would be, it'd be a different story if they had a healthy Kyrie and Gordon Hayward. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think that even though LeBron is LeBron, the Cavs are so flawed in a lot of ways. It's, it's impressive that they've even gotten this far. So, um, 
So I I think that the Warriors can beat the Celtics in four or five games. Maybe yeah. Celtics probably still still one game just because of Brad Stevens. Yeah, and but, they're great at home. Uh, yeah, and they're great at home, and they're really good defensively. So I, I say Warriors probably in five. I mean, obviously there's a lot of there's a lot of hypotheticals that go into that, but uh, if that happens, I could see the Warriors winning relatively easily. Okay, uh, so last question. You know, um, so the Celtics have been really doing great without their stars, but you know the Warriors are still kind of seen as the the leaders of the NBA right now. Next year, when the Celtics get their their guys back, if they get Kyrie and get Gordon Hayward back, do you think the Celtics become the favorite in next for next year preseason over the Warriors? I don't think they're the preseason favorite, but I think they have a real shot. I, I think that it'll be it'll be fun. Um, and it's going to be really interesting just to see how these next few years evolve as the Warriors core guys get a little mm-hmm. older right. and, you know, and start pushing the back end of their primes rather than the heart of their primes. Um, you know, when you have teams like the Celtics and Philadelphia who are very, you know, well positioned to be very good for a long time. Um, so I think, I think the Warriors have to still be assuming they win the title. Mm-hmm. They have to still be the preseason favorite because they haven't done anything to not deserve right. that that type of uh, recognition. I mean, I, I expect them to keep, you know, they're going to keep the core guys together through the through the summer. The, the, their off season moves will all, will all be kind of ancillary things. So um, there's no reason for them to not be the favorites again. Mm-hmm. And um, quick follow up: How long do you think the Warriors can keep this dynasty going? Uh, it's gonna be. It's gonna come down to a couple things. I mean, can they can they keep everyone together? Um, and you know, when you when you see when you see dynasties like this, um, it gets harder year after year to keep it going because um, there's the complacency, there's individual agendas that get into play. People start to get a little bored, um, and I think you've already seen that a little bit this year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in year four of okay, it's it, it's felt markedly different than just last year even um but the big question is can they keep draymond and clay those are going to be the next two guys coming off the books um i have the utmost confidence that they'll be able to do that the warriors have already said many times that they're willing to go as deep into the luxury tax as they need to mm-hmm. to keep this group together i mean at the end of the day this team is worth three billion dollars right now and they're going to be worth yeah. more when they move to san francisco so it's not like money's an issue um so i expect them to probably be be at or near the top of the league for at least another three to four years mm-hmm. so this can be a six to seven championship team potentially potentially i mean a lot of things would have to go right for yeah. that to happen um but i i see them at least getting a couple more yeah yeah well, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you, Connor. This was great. Yeah. You know, thanks, guys. And, uh, you know, go Terps, right? I go Terps. I go like Terps. Fellow, uh, fellow Terps. I, I, I loved my time at Maryland. So Awesome. Awesome. Good luck at the game tonight. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye-bye. Welcome to the Sock and Shaf pod. I'm Daniel Schaff. And I'm Alan Sockloff. And, th- and that's where we get the Sock and Shaf pod from. I don't, I don't know if people understand, but that's where we get it from. But Daniel, sock isn't my last name. But I, I know, but like, would it, would we could do a poll. What would sound better, sock off and shop or sock and shop? Sock and shop is the way to go. Why don't we do sock shop? It's like sock shop? Yeah. But I, the, the and adds like a flavor to it, you know? Because we're not the same person. I, I sometimes feel like we are, though. Ooh, wow. It's getting emotional really fast. Speaking of emotional, Daniel. We owe someone yeah. a happy birthday wish. Who? Daniel Schaff. This past week, Daniel Schaff had his birthday. And in, oh, honor, in honor of our 13th episode, I think it is, Ooh. we'd like to wish Daniel a happy 13th birthday. Happy. Wait, what? Ooh, you almost got the listeners there, but they, they were tuning out. And then you realized and you made the right choice. I almost. Thank you, though. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Ha- and um, also, congrats to everyone finishing finishing up school. You know, Alan, you're back home. I wait. 
We're not next to each other? We're not next to each other. What? Yeah, I- I'm still in college. I'm- I still have a few finals left, but a lot of people are done, so congrats to those people. I'll, I'll be joining you guys soon. Looking forward to that summer vacation. Daniel? Yeah? Look, why does it feel like we're together? I don't know. It's the powers of, of technology. Oh, my God. Daniel, how, yeah. how do you get so much wisdom at the age of 13? I don't know. I'm not, I'm not 13, though. Uh, you're, oh, you're saying, like, from a pod. No, oh, I missed the no, joke. No, 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 That was My joke was the fact that I wish you a 13th birthday because I feel like you're 13 at times. No, I'm kidding. Daniel, you're wow. so smart. Guys, Whoa. guys, Daniel's the one that tutors me, okay? Like, <laughs> actually, not, not though. Not really, not really. <laughs> actually, though. Daniel, how about we talk some sports? Sports. Daniel, a little bit. So, we know we got the, we got the um, NBA playoffs. We got the Eastern Conference Finals, Western Conference Finals, you know? Yeah. These guys aren't looking so good, man. Um. We're not, and yeah. and I'm gonna jump right into it because I get frustrated about it. Uh, Daniel, I, I LeBron's playing at an all time high, right? But I don't think he's doing so within the flow of the offense. I think the problem is more the the Cavs don't really have a consistent flow of an offense. Hot take: Have they ever had a consistent flow since LeBron's came back? I don't think so because. What they used to do, they, they run a very isolation-based offense and the, get the ball in LeBron's hands, let him run stuff. When you have guys like Kyrie there also who can get buckets, it kind of takes away from that because like, you, you can be bailed out in more ways. Now the only way they're bailed out is LeBron or Kevin Love. Are you saying George Hill can't get buckets? No. Uh, well, not, not in the same way. Not in the same way Kyrie can or a guy who can really go off the dribble. So you're calling for more Jose Calderon playing time? I am, I am always calling for more Jose, Jose Calderon. Oh, okay, Daniel, breaking news, right? Breaking news. Let's go. It's not, bra- it's not breaking news at all. But you had a great uh, Twitter post the other night. Chetty oh, had, a plus, had a plus one in two minutes, right? Yeah, Chetty and Jose Calderon were the only guys to have a plus, a positive plus minus last night for the Cavs. The, the stats don't lie. Jeff Green was a minus 17. Uh-oh. And Daniel. I, to more plus minus nuggets, Marcus Smart, who was hustling like crazy last night, great defense. He had nine assists, zero turnovers. He was a plus 21. Wow. Sounds like it sounds like he played a smart game, but um, poo. If Thank I hope you. listeners understand what we just did there, we made a pun with Marcus Smart and him. Be- I just. I, and it's not good to explain a joke. I just want to make sure no one missed that because that's genius. Thank you. Thank you. No problem. I, I feel like that joke's never been made before. Has no one's that. ever made a, a joke about Marcus Smart's name. Never. Never. Daniel, never. I, I can't do the Cavs anymore. Can we talk about the West? Yeah, but I just want to make a few point, another point about oh, the Celtics. I really enjoy fine. watching them play. Like, I would just like, like – they have so many waves of offense that come at you. All five of their starting five um, have five or more made field goals. Wow. And, and you're right. When you watch Terry Rozier, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, also I think the unique thing is is they all bring different skill sets to the table. Yeah. You know? And, and another hot take. Wow, I'm on fire. <laughs> um, Al Horford's the most underrated player of our generation. Yeah. He, uh, he – yeah, go ahead. I mean, like, it's hard to make a hot take about someone being underrated, you know? Ooh, I like that. That's How about – can I change it up? Sure. How about Al Horford is the most disrespected player of our generation? That's more I like about that. I like that. I like that. Love that. So, I, I don't know. He just brings so much defensively. He also – the word that comes to mind is anchor when I think of Al Horford. <laughs> Speaking of anchor, we like to give a shout Daniel, out to anchor for being was... the vehicle. For being the vehicle, much like Al Horford's the vehicle for much of the Celtics' success, especially defensively, anchor is the vehicle for us achieving our podcast dreams. Um, so we just have to give a shout out to anchor for all that they do. Huge shout out to anchor. Thank you for for all of the different opportunities and amazing 
tools. Yeah, that's the word I was looking for that they give us. Speaking of tools, Al Horford has many tools that he brings to the uh, to the floor, many different skill sets, and I think like Brad Stevens. Obviously, there's been a lot of talking about him, but I think he has used Al Horford's tools to the best possible way. Meaning, I watched like a coaching breakdown film mm-hmm. of how whenever there was a mismatch, we work hard as second shot on... pod. What we was work that? hard. Oh yeah, we do, man. You know, it's. It's hard watching a two-minute ESPN video. It is, you know? yeah. It's, not, it's hard work. Yeah. And, but whenever, like, in game one, whenever Rozier was on LeBron, Rozier would literally sprint away from LeBron, and Horford would just run to him. No matter what, they were uh, basically uh, saying. That? I missed that. We had a little technical glitch there. You know why there was a technical glitch? Why? Because Trevor Bauer pitched today. It was a Bauer, Bauer outage. outage. That's a Cleveland joke at its finest. Yeah. Uh, we're doing a lot of Cleveland so far. Thanks, Daniel. Yeah, we don't usually talk about Cleveland at all. Sarcasm. Sarcasm at its best. Great. I think yeah, so. what, should, we, should we fly west now? I think we should fly west. Talk about a little Western Conference. Little Western Conference. Warriors, Rockets. Daniel. Yeah. Uh your favorite player in the league, Steph Curry. Correct. I want to praise him. Okay. Please do. I think his, and we just had our great interview um, with Connor. Thank you so much, Connor. Um, And he talked about how unselfish Steph Curry is. And I think it's unbelievable that a player of that quality quality can be so unselfish and can play for a team it's just unbelievable, and I think it really shows what he's really about. And props to you and Steph, because I knew I know you have a big part in Steph playing that way. Yeah, I, who, who I do? Yeah, I do. Yes, because um, I reach out to him a lot. I'm like, you know, man, I know you're great, but you know, you gotta let other guys get involved. And that's all really. Uh, hot take. Hot take. You think the Warriors would still win the finals? If Seth Curry was their point guard, not Steph. Um, no, I, I do not. I do not think they would. I think so. You do? Yeah. Really? Why? Kevin Durant, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, um, and uh, interesting actually. Ooh, I don't know if they'd be able to get past the Rockets without Steph. I, I, I think honesty. Steph adds such an element of he's uh, uh, such a different player that we haven't really seen before. We've gotten used to him a little bit to the point where we're like, oh, okay, it's just Steph being Steph, but it's not. It's something special that we've never seen before. And, 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 and I think that's he a... causes spacing to change for the offense and causes the defense to come out so much farther, opening up driving lanes. And I think that's such an important point that uh, we've gotten used to him, meaning we, we forget how defenses need to respect his shooting. And they do that. But that's why everything is so open for everyone else because of the Steph effect. Ooh. Are we, are, are we trademarking that, the Steph effect? Yeah, T-shirts come out tomorrow. Ooh, hot take. I'm they're not designing them, though. Hot take, they're not coming they're... out tomorrow. Ugh. If only we had a T-shirt guy. Yeah, ooh. If you want to be a ooh. T-shirt guy. And your name's Brendan. Your name's Brendan. We, we only hire, or, or, or fake hire, we only work with Brendans. <laughs> that's, 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 that's the only thing, right? that's our only requirement. If, you're, if your name's Brendan and you have no idea what we do, you, have not, you don't know anything about sports, we'll still give you a shot because that's our thing, I guess. And, should, should we remind the listeners yeah. about this joke? Yeah. Because right, I don't know, people just think we're, we're randomly into the name Brandon for no reason. There is a reason. Don't worry. Why, um, why is that? Well, we hired a, a producer. His name is Brandon. And then we were reached out to by a, by, a, by a stack guy. His name's also Brandon. Same spelling, same pronunciation, as opposed to the and, other pronunciations of Brandon. And we have, we have joked about changing our names to Brandon, too. Yeah, just to match it up. Right, peer pressure. Kids, kids, don't give in to peer pressure. Okay, stay true to yourself. 
we're going to keep our names, you know, even though their names are Brendan and we think that's cool, we're going to keep our names. No. 100%. Peer pressure campaign for the people. Wow. Are, are we start? Are we going live with that? I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what the fans want. Okay. okay. It's all about so, the fans. There's some more NBA stuff going on. Last night was the NBA draft lottery, and the Phoenix Suns won the first pick by being the worst team. And I think this could be good for the Suns. I think this could be good for the Suns because, um, I mean, obviously it's good for the Suns to get the number one pick, but I think they actually have something brewing there in Phoenix. You know, Devin Booker yeah. is a emerging super duper star in this in this league. He's a guy who can score for, at all three levels: perimeter, mid range. He's a guy who's, who's he's emerging as a creator, and now they're going to add either. Um, probably Luka Doncic, the European superstar, or DeAndre Aiden from Arizona. I, and I, I think either of those guys would fit in nicely. Both of those guys would fit in nicely there. Yeah. I think the pick should be Aiden. Uh, one of my cousins had a genius Snapchat story post that said, Ooh. yeah, we got sources. Um, yeah, this, this, this is like legit reporting right Listen, Actually, watch out for 10 years, and we'll see what this kid's up to. Yeah, we'll see. Big things. Huge things. Um, he said that if Shaq goes – Shaq. Oh, I just spoiled it. If DeAndre Aiden goes to the Suns, it could be the second coming of Shaq and Kobe. Thoughts on that? That's a little bit far. Like, Shaq in college – I was looking this up recently. He put up, like, 27 and 14 or something one of those years. Like Shaq's a different, you know, Shaq's a different thing. But DeAndre Aiden is like almost is in a way similar, similarly physically dominant to Shaq. He's not as big. He's seven one two fifty. Shaq was like seven one three twenty five with, with hops. But DeAndre Aiden, I think, fits the modern NBA better than Shaq did because he's developing an outside jumper, and that's something that really cannot be overlooked. But I would say Shaq, as young Shaq, was more defensively, more defensively talented and ready for the NBA on a defensive level than DeAndre Aiden is right now, especially as a rim protector. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember if uh, what Shaq was like in college because I don't know if I was alive. Where Neither of us were alive, but, but thanks to the internet, we can find some. Right. So oh, I thought you just remembered that. No, I looked it no. up. I looked it up. Not from, not from um, my time as a negative six-year-old in the 90s. Right. But 90s. like, I should have been I there. You, I thought you were 13. No, no. I'm 20, man. Oh. Whoa, double digits. Yeah. Nice. Speaking of double digits, you know who's really good at double digits? Who? I don't know. I don't know if it's too early to talk about our boy Shohei. Is it? Are we? In, I don't know. I th- I think I think we can drop it right now. You, can, we, can we just go talk some MLB real quick? Let's talk some MLB real quick. Daniel, um, last outing by Shohei Otani. Do you have the stats up? Something like I don't have the stats up, but but I'll get the stats up while you introduce the segment. Okay, so we have a segment called Oh Hey Shohei. Oh Hey um, Shohei. Where basically we talk about the best player in baseball, Shohei Otani. I'm gonna guess. That he pitched of all time. Yeah, um, you heard me. Uh, that Shohei Otani pitched six and a third last start with nine strikeouts. Daniel, that's not true. Okay, I guess he pitched <laughs> six and a third with eleven strikeouts. Yes, he I was right. Digits, double digits, double digits. Alan, I have a quick trivia question for you. Zero dark trivia. Yes. What city is Shohei Otani from? From Japan, but what city within Japan? We've been through this on the pod. Oh, it's got a. Does it rhyme with Shohei? No. Oh, remind me. It's Oshu, Japan. Oshu. Oshu. You know, uh. Oshu. Are you. That's what people, that's what people say when they strike out. Yes, um, yes, strike out by Shohei. Oshu. The more humor. And Follow they us walk- on Twitter at Sock and Shop Pod. 
Actually, no, I think it says at Sock and Shaf. Is that right? No, yeah, at Sock and Shaf. There we go. With a capital N in the middle. And Daniel, I think last night Shohei hit in the two hole. Uh, yeah, I saw that. Thoughts. Trout, Shohei, one, two. How do you feel about that? I feel good about it. I do too. I think this was a particularly good Ohe Shohei because now I'm up. I'm now I'm winning in zero dark trivia. Oh, you got to get me back. Wait, wait, wait. Can I get you back real quick? Go. Um, I got nothing. One minute. Um, okay. Do you want me to talk about the Yankees while you come up with a question? Yeah, I'll do. Deep. Okay, cool. So, so guys. I have a question. All listeners. Oh, I have a question. Do you actually? That was was a joke. Just so we. Oh, you just don't want me to talk about the Yankees. So the Yankees have the best record in baseball, and that makes me really happy. And I just want everyone to know that because the Yankees they hit a lot of home runs. I think they had they they're the first team or one of the first teams ever to have four guys with ten or more home runs forty games into the season. Those guys are of course Titi Gregorius, Gary Sanchez, Giancarlo Stanton, Aaron Judge. Those are guys who are supposed to be hitting, and those are guys who have been hitting. And that's fun. Um, additionally, um, they've won 19 of the last 22, which is awesome. What else? They're pitching nicely. Luis Severino, I'd say, is probably the, the, favorite, the, the, the front runner in the Cy Young race. And, and Daniel, um, I think the past couple of days, the Yankees have got even hotter. You know why is that? Why wow. that? Oh, I like where you're going with this. Daniel, why don't you take it away just to show off our chemistry? Wait, let's say it. Let's say it in three, two, one. Clint Clint Frazier. Frazier. Whoa. Bang. He has red hair, everyone, and he just got called up. He's been hot in the minors, and now the Yankees are bringing him up to the show. Shohei? No, no. Too much. Um, Oh, my God. Daniel. What? Next year, when Shohei, Shohei Otani's the cover of MLB The Show, they're going to name it MLB The Showhead. Shohei. Whoa. I like that a lot. That's going to happen. It has to. It has to. There's no other way. And, and Daniel, I wanted to, um, when we're on the topic of baseball, mm-hmm. I wanted to uh, point out a really special, what's the word I'm looking for? A video, an article I received from graphic designer Alex. Ooh, shout out to graphic designer Alex. You sent this to me. I didn't check it out yet. No, it, it's all good. Uh, yeah, that, it's final. It's final season. So you know, I've been hitting the books. Remember, kids. Stay- no, Daniel, that that applies, but not to me. Are you saying because you're out of school right now? No, because of our podcast, we should be even closer. Where. You can watch my stuff. Kidding. Kids stay oh, in school. True. That's true. Stay in school. And uh, so basically the story is in a college, I don't know the names or specifically whatever, but basically in a college baseball players or high school, basically <laughs> In a college baseball player's last home game, I think, he hit a home run. Really cool, right? Right. Guess who caught it? I mean, I know the answer, but I'm going to let you I'm gonna let you tell it. His dad. That's awesome. He hit I, I don't think I can right. watch while I'm studying because, you know, waterworks just start going. No, I, but Daniel, like. That's sports. That's sports. When's the last time? That'd be two days in a row that you have waterworks from sports. Because I know the Cavs game last night really, really got you emotional. I was wrecked, man. The, the, the ball the Celtics just really got me emotional about basketball. You know what made you the most emotional this week, though? What? Daniel's like, shoot, where's this going? Shoot. Introducing our next segment, Ball is Life. Did you Woo! see where Kobe Bryant, where we, oh, basically in the segment, we give an update on the yeah. Ball Brothers. Yeah, he's um, the, the basketball's first family. Oh, love that. Uh, Daniel, Kobe Bryant said he wouldn't be opposed for the Lakers to take Jello if he helped them win. Right. That, you see, what, what, what gets me is the if. The answer to that question is that he won't. We try to be very positive on this podcast, and I wish the, all the best to, the, to all the Ball brothers. I just don't think Jello's that good. 
Daniel. Is that is that too harsh? Is that too harsh? Are we gonna lose? Like, are people gonna go after us for this negativity? Jello is one of my favorite desserts, though, so I don't think you can say it's not. That I like good. that. I'm looking through a mock draft right now, and the Angela Ball is nowhere to be found. Not even. There, so honestly, I, I think the only t- only reason why the Lakers will pick him is for publicity, and they're not at that stage where they're gonna use a pick where they can get a, a guy who can contribute, even in the second round, on a guy who's just gonna be there for publicity. Yes, I understand he scored 72 points in, in uh, Lithuania on the day he declared for the draft, but that was also in a big baller brand tournament game against a junior team. Wow. Daniel? So, I don't know. What about this idea? Signing Jello as an undrafted free agent, having him take Lonzo in practice. Just, just you know, just to get the, the cameras out there? Yes. I, I hear that, but I wouldn't sign him. I wouldn't have him take a roster spot. Their guys have been fighting, doing it the right way for a really long time, who don't really get a chance. And I don't know. I wouldn't like what 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 I rather have. Like I'm just, I'm looking through a mock draft. Like say say Devonte Graham from Kansas goes undrafted. He would. No, I don't think he would. But say he did for some reason. Damn, he was unreal. He was unreal. But like, or 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 say some of these guys like. I don't know. Say say a really good point. Say Grayson Allen for some reason goes undrafted. He's not going to be. He'll be drafted in the second round probably. But say he does, and then you give this spot to Jello, who spent last year, and I, I feel bad for him that he was in Lithuania. Shout out to Lithuania. <laughs> Z! Um, Zajunas Ilgauskas. But at the same time, like, I don't know. He's. I, I'm a believer that like you should be there because you earned it as a basketball player, not because of a publicity stunt. And that's the only way I see him getting signed or kept long-term. Interesting. I'm not ruling, I'm not ruling out him being great or, or being solid. I just don't see it right now. I don't think he's – I think he – I think in, in an ideal world, he would not have gotten arrested in China, and he would have played at UCLA, had limited minutes this year, and worked his way up through the rotation, you know, got in a little bit better shape, improved on the wing, improved his ball handling. And then, you know, he could have been a, a draft prospect as a junior or a senior. Yeah, I, I – that goes out the window. That goes out the window when you know you get arrested in China. Um, is that a pro tip? A pro tip um, for anyone trying to get drafted: don't get arrested in China or anywhere, but especially yeah. China. And, and we know many of our listeners are trying to get drafted. So, yeah. guys, take this advice. And Daniel, I think we should wrap our show up with one last segment. Yeah. What segment is that? Should we do a little horns up on the fly? We can do a little horns up on the fly. I'm down. Basically, guys, this is not prepared, and I'm going to think of something as I'm talking. So the more I'm talking right now, I'm just thinking of something. Daniel. This is all horns. Horns up. Bring it. Mm, Interesting. Horns up. Okay. Go ahead. No, I have nothing. You go. Okay. I should text Baker Mayfield to see if he needs some friends in Cleveland and if he wants to play Fortnite. There, there's no argument there. You definitely should. I, I don't know how we can argue that one. I'll argue against. You'll argue against. Why not? Why shouldn't you? In one line, I'm going to drop the mic, okay? Okay, Brian. Because he should be studying film. Joking. Ooh. He needs to chill. He needs to chill too. Yeah. That's yeah. I think the Honestly, is there's always too much pressure to win in Cleveland. And that's what's holding them back. And are you saying that I won't be able to show him how to win because I'm so good at Madden that I would beat him? No, what what I'm saying is like, you know, he's gotta chill a little bit. I think what's held back the Browns recently is this is this this crazy pressure and an expectation to win. You know, they always come in as the favorite. And sometimes it doesn't pan out. I get that. But just like the Patriots, they expect to win and they do it. Right. Right. That, 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 there is a little bit of a hole there. But, like, I don't know. I feel like there's this pressure cooker in Cleveland. That makes it hard for teams to be successful there. Yeah, I, I totally get that. And, yeah. Uh, Daniel. Yeah. Should we, should we go into a hot take? 
I think we should go into our hot take. Alan, bring it. Should I bring the heat? Bring the heat, man. Get it? I take. Hot take. Okay, Daniel. Hot take. This is really hot. The Cleveland Cavaliers will win. Don't say it. Will win this series against Boston. Woo, that's a hot take. Daniel. For, for our listeners out there who aren't aware, they're now down 0-2 to the Boston Celtics, who look to be the be- much Disclaimer. better. That's a little disclaimer, It's yeah. important to state that many takes don't happen. Right. But, but you never know. You know, I hope this one's different, man. Yeah. And, and just to put a little logic behind it, I think um, I really like the few days off in series because I really think it allows everyone to step back, relax, and and gives time to really reset. And I think now that the Cavs will be at home, I think the queue will be popping. And I think there's a good chance they can make this a competitive series. Yeah, I think they can make it competitive. I think they'll maybe get one. I don't think I don't I think the Celtics are too deep and they're too too balanced both offensively and defensively. For, just, for, I, for the Cavs to win, except if, you know, LeBron obviously needs to have an outstanding game and it, you need your shooters to shoot. And so far your shooters have not shot. Uh-huh. And and, and what I really want to see though is uh, team basketball. Meaning I want LeBron okay, he can play hero ball, but in the flow of the offense. Like Game two of the Western Conference Finals, Harden, Paul were easily the stars out there, but they really got Narek Gordon involved, a P.J. Tucker, Ariza was attacking. You know, and I really hope the Cavs do something similar to that. Right. So, yeah, I mean, we'll see. But, you know, I mean, I, I always stand behind you with your hot takes. Daniel, that, that means the world, man. But – but I'm not sure. This one's particularly hot. This is like right out of the oven on the stove. Don't. Hot take. Caution. Hot. hot surface. This hot take is. That was a little bit backwards. But yeah. It's like when you get the Starbucks cups and like caution. It's like, you know. The, yeah. the contents is hot. Yeah. That's what they. Like this podcast should have a co- caution. Contents are hot. You know. Daniel, I have, an, I have a follow up hot take. Hit me with that. What if you put a cold drink in the caution is hot thing? Ooh. I I think that's just like your your people will brace for the heat and then they'll just be like, oh okay. Dude. I don't know. i that's why I have trust issues for stuff like that, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that'll mess with your head for sure. Oh, hundred percent. Um Yeah, well, I mean just you know, things to look out for this week. NBA draft combine, it's always fun, you know. Vertical vertical jumps, how high how high guys can get up, wingspans more wingspans, it's fun stuff. Um, yeah, just watch the playoffs, guys. NHL and NBA, it's good stuff. Daniel, yeah, this sounds like a wrap up, and I'm sad. It, I know, me too. But I, you know, we got to get the pot out to we'll the people. We'll be okay though. We'll get through this. We'll get through it. Yeah. All right. Have a good one, everyone. Hope you enjoy listening. Okay. Have a great week, everyone. See you soon. See you soon.